Hi, Emil. Thank you for inviting us into your lovely home. Uh, I suppose the first thing to ask is, how are things going for you at Bolton? Good. Um, I'm playing, so that's one of the main things. And, yeah, it's going reasonably well. Um, obviously, with Neil Lennon, well, I'm after having to call Gaffer now, um, it's all going well with him. He's, he's been brilliant for me, so um, he knew what I was capable of doing. It's just about getting the opportunity to come in and train and show what you're capable of doing. I got the phone call off Gary Parker, who's the actual coach. So um, went in there and trained, and it was great. Went, went from there onwards. Uh, were you and Neil close from your time at Leicester? Yeah, look, I don't. When you say close, we, well, you're good mates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 would speak to each other every week, but yeah, we'd speak to each other whenever we saw each other and stuff like that, and catch up. But um, he'd actually tried to sign me when he was at Celtic a couple of times when I was at. Uh, was it would have been at Wigan and uh, Villa at the time. So um, now this time he got me. So it's yeah. a good thing. And I suppose people were sort of wondering would he be able to hack it as a manager in in the Championship? And were, was there any concerns on your part when you came back from Australia that you'd be able to hack it? No, because you always you you can't doubt your own ability. You've got to you've got to believe in your own ability, and I believed that myself. Even though at, the, at 36 at the time, or 37 now, but at 36 at the time, uh, you, you still it probably takes you a little bit longer to to recover after games, um, and probably to get fit, it probably takes you a little bit longer. But apart from that, no, I always knew my ability. And are you feeling your age? You're not getting any younger. Um, <laughs> when you say feeling my age. It's difficult because I still feel good, yeah. so I don't know what I'm supposed to feel like, yeah. so I still feel good, put it that way. Yeah. And you've looked after yourself throughout your career, have you? Yeah, I have, so I've been, I've been reasonably good with my body, so um, I haven't had touch wood, I'd, I had massive injuries, so that's a good thing. And when you went to Australia, uh, I suppose a lot of people could have been forgiven for thinking, oh, well, that's, he'll see out his career there and we, we won't see him playing in England again. Were you fully expecting to come back? And, and Look, I, I, I went to Australia because I just felt I needed something a little bit different. Uh, I went there, enjoyed every minute of it, and then decided that it, I, I wanted to try again in England, just give one more, two more years or whatever it takes. And it was just about getting that opportunity, and I thank Len, um, Neil Lennon for giving me that. Yeah, and much has been made of, of you and Ider Johnson uh, being at Bolton, and you, you combined to score... But you scored. He he teed you up, mm-hmm. uh, and your combined age of I think it's seventy two. Is it? <laughs> does, does that annoy you? People constantly. Ah, I'm just you. wondering why how people come up with them stats. Like you know, what I mean? <laughs> that's, that's the first thing they go towards. You know what I mean? But you know, it's, it's, it shows that uh, if you look after your body, you can you can play to whatever age you decide to to play to. Um, when you made the decision to go to Australia, what, why was it there you went? And well, I'd, I'd, um, I'd spoken to Robbie Fowler, uh, okay. who played out there, and the CEO of Newcastle Jets and Robbie Fowler played together at Queensland Fury. Um, so he asked me, he, I, 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 Robbie asked me if I'd play out there. I said, yeah, why not? Um, they came over, pitched everything to me, and, then, and that was it. And you say you enjoyed it. What would the lifestyle was? Yeah, the good lifestyle. Out there, everything, yeah. everything was good. Uh, the football was good. Um, everyone asks what you can compare it to. It's hard to compare it because you're playing in thirty degrees, thirty-two yeah. degrees out there. So everyone says, "Oh, it looks slow." It looks yeah, but you can't you can't run around like a crazy man in that heat. 
Um, but they do have good players. You've seen some of the Australian players go and play in Germany, go and play in Holland, even in England as yeah, well. Yeah. So they have got good players in, 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 their, in their system. And they're, they're running off a Dutch philosophy at this moment in time um, where everything's playing, passing. So they actually want you to play. And when you were there as you know, a, a senior England international with ex, over 60 caps under your belt, did, were you there purely in a playing role or did you help out with coaching? No, I was, I was just playing uh, playing role. Um, we had, actually had my, Michael Bridges, who's yeah. actually coaching as well. Yeah, at the same former club. Sunderland player. Yes, I'm yes, a Sunderland yes, fan. Yeah. Yeah, I remember him. Uh, he, he, yeah, he was unlucky. He plagued with injuries mm-hmm. throughout his career. But he actually played the last couple of years. He played the last year with me, now and and coached as well. Coached the under 18s. Now he's a full coach with the under 18s and that. So, and when you went out there, am I correct in thinking you you didn't take your family out with you? No. Was that a, a, a difficult decision? Yeah, it was, it was hard. Um, but it's only a six month season, so. They came out when I first went out there, and then came out, then came back out. They came out when I first went out there, and then two months later, Christmas and New Year's, and then and I come back at the end of the season. So, and is that just because of the schooling thing, or because yeah. you know it might be yeah, a yeah. lovely kids, experience? Kids, for them. They uh, went, they just started school um, when I went out when I decided to go, and I thought, well, just leave them in school. And were you ever tempted to stay there and, and say, look, this is great, come on it's over? It's great, but. When you got all your family over here, yeah, there's no, there's no decision to be made. Then is there really? Okay. Yeah. And uh, is it more difficult playing in the championship? Is it tougher, harder? Than um, the A-League, or is it just complete compare and show? Yeah, it's, it's hard to compare it. Yeah. Very, very hard to compare. It. Plus, you got different weathers and everything. So, <laughs> um, what are the, the fans out there? Did. did do you get big crowds and did they appreciate well, we, the yeah, fact they, that they, you were there? Yeah, they did. They were magnificent. We yeah. got, on average, about 14,000, 14,000 at Newcastle. Um, West Sydney, who probably getting the best cars, they were getting 20,000, 22,000. We got, when my first game against Sydney FC, got 45,000. So we were getting good crowds. Was that because of you? And Del Piero. Ah, right, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> two um, big games. Yeah, so, yeah, we were getting the crowds when, you know, and uh, they were fans. They're, they're, they're football fanatics. They're all, they're all European people, so, mm. uh, of different ethnicities. So. Yeah, there's lots of Croatians. Croatians, Serbians, Greek, uh, you know. And Aussies take their sport very seriously, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's cricket, rugby league, rugby union, footy, soccer... Did, are, are they as sort of passionate and, and vocal as English fans? or um, Are they knowledgeable? Probably not, pro- probably not as vocal, but still as passionate. Yeah. Um, because they love, the, they love the Premier League. They absolutely love the Premier League. They stay up till three in the morning, two in the morning and watch it. So, uh, yeah, they absolutely love the Premier League. At what point in your life, Neil, did you realise, God, I'm, I'm pretty good at this football, Eric. I can make a living out of it. Um, when you say living... Or make it, make it my job, you know. I knew I was pretty good from a young age, but making a job out of it, probably 16, 17, yeah. as late as that. But making, um, but I knew I was good, good, at, good at it from uh, when I first started. It probably would have been nine, eight, nine. Right. But I, I did athletics, so and then till I till they put a ball in front of me, I used to love athletics more. It was sort of Martin O'Neill who brought you through as a, gave you your start, and you became a regular. Was it? Well, after Mark McGee gave you your start? Yes. And then... He gave me regular. Right. Yeah. Sorry. 
and uh, Martin O'Neill then you played a lot under mm. at Leicester and Villa. Uh, he he used to be linked with all the big jobs and isn't anymore, although he's in the he's in manager of the Irish mm-hmm. team, which is obviously a massive job. But uh, well, why do you think that is, that he, he stopped being linked with, say, Manchester United, big clubs? Um, it's, I think it probably became fashionable to have a foreign manager rather than a British manager. And it's a little bit, you know, they're ageist now. Right. They want to go a little bit younger as well now. So, uh, like some Martin O'Neill might not get the top top jobs they'll get any other job apart from them top ones where they're probably looking at a bit younger bit younger minds and um, what was the word they used I think it was it was Man City used the word I can't remember holistic that's the one yes so yeah there's all these new words coming out now (laughs) that uh, going towards towards more of a younger younger management weirdly I was at Spurs press conference on Friday and Mauricio Pochettino who who gets criticised you know, for not being that great at English. Um, he used the word holistic, which <laughs> we were all sort of... How, how does he know that? Because, uh, you know, a couple of us had to check to see what it meant. Yeah. Um, and uh, Martin O'Neill, good man to play under? Yeah, or he under? was great. He was great um, for my time at Leicester. I think him and... Between him and Julio were the best managers that I've, that I've worked under. Um, at that age, I didn't need too much... Not that I don't need too much knowledge. You, you need the knowledge, but yeah. you don't need too much going on. Um, he just told me to keep it simple, do what I need to do, and I got, that's what I got the best out of. And then once I went with um, Gerald Houllier, learned a little bit more about the game and tacticals and tactical stuff and everything. And throughout your career, you, you've got stick from not scoring enough goals, and Gerald Houllier always stuck up for you, um, but fans, some fans got on your back saying you, you weren't prolific enough in front of goal. Did, did you find that criticism harsh? Or no, do you really. think it was fair? No, not really. Look, I, I was on the pitch to do a job mm. and I did that job. Even though scoring was part of that, I did score, but not as much as what everyone wanted to, wanted me to. But I still was on the pitch for a job. Yeah. And generally, we'd do, I'd do that job. And it just didn't really, you know, it's a team game as well. You need eleven. You got eleven players on the on the field, and I would generally get pinpointed out when things were going bad. But when things are going good, it's not. It's not a problem. Yeah, but did it bother you? This? Did it bother me? Um, only only in the early early years of my career. Then I still I'm still playing. Yeah. <laughs> so if anyone's wrong, yeah. who's wrong? Well, still, no one's going to apologise, are they? You know, no one's going to apologise or admit that. You don't want to put you on apology, do you? <laughs> uh, you had huge success with, well, Tony Cotty in Leicester, and then playing with Michael Owen at Liverpool. Why did those particular dynamics work? Do you think? I don't know. With um, TC, to be honest with TC, was a great for me because he he would talk all the time and he'd he'd he'd, he'd try and get you thinking about your game all the time and, and I was good at getting on the ball running with it and, and setting up goals um, and, and he, he loved that and, and I was a young lad who now looking at, back at it you, you wonder why you do so much running because if you just stood still half of the time you'd get the ball more <laughs> but you do a lot of running you're running around you run it there and you get it here and, but he got a lot of, we, got, we got a lot of success with that and, and then I built myself around Michael as well 
But my, mine and Michael started from a young age. We played together. He was 16. I was 18 playing for England in the 18s. Um, and then we started playing together there. And that's where Gerard Houllier saw us. Uh, he was the manager of the French under-18s at the time. So, and then, obviously, I went to, he brought me at Liverpool. Right. And then just escalated from there. And we'd work on stuff, you know. Um, and and it, just, it just clicked like that. And it was just a great, uh, you know, every, every time, any, any time I was going up for the ball, any time I knew where he was going to be. He knew where I was going to be. It just worked. So what, was it a, a thing you'd work, worked on in training? We worked, or was it, it just we, worked a, it, we worked on it a little bit in training, but a lot of it was just instincts. Yeah. Um, he knew, and I knew, if I'm going up for the ball, and I knew where he wanted it, um, to, to nod it down, I knew where to chest it down, I knew where to cross the ball to, everything. Right. And have you, have you ever played with someone where that just isn't that sort of chemistry? Yeah, you go. He played with loads of people <laughs> like that. <laughs> you try and make it work, but you, inevitably it's, you know, it's not quite clicking, but you still try and make it work. But that, that, me and Michael had this little thing going that it just mm-hmm. straight off, it just worked. Right. Um, obviously, get, getting towards the end of your career, have you plans for after football? Yet? I haven't actually. Um, everyone keeps telling me to take my badges, do this, do that. I haven't really thought about it. If I was to, if I was to do coaching, it would probably be uh, younger kids rather than okay than adults because um, you can actually they do what they're told. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Don't sulk yes. and demand. Yes. Contracts extension. No, it's not even out of the contracts. You know, when you're trying to give your knowledge to someone, mm. and you can actually hear, think, you can see them like they're willing to listen to you, and then you got others who are just generally know it all. Yeah. Do you worry about life after football? You say, I, I remember I interviewed Jimmy Bullard about, I think it was a year or two after he he was sort of forced into retirement through injury, mm-hmm. and. I, I'm sure he won't mind me saying because he, he openly admitted he was a little bit lost. He, he was just a lost soul. He was playing golf. He was fishing, but he didn't really have a reason to get up in the morning. And and you could tell he was kind of I won't go as far as say depressed, but you know fed up. Didn't didn't know what to do with himself. Is that something that bothered you or concerned? Um, you worry about? You do worry a little bit because you've always had a drive. You've always known what you're going to be doing from the age of well, from the age of nine. Really, you've always you always be driven to do this, and it's wake up in the morning, have your breakfast, go to training, train hard, have a little rest, and then you've got the rest of the day to yourself. So you know what you're doing, and then when you finish, you're like, well, what do I do now? And do you push yourself into something else where you don't necessarily like it? Or you, don't, you actually don't know what you're going to do? Um, Myself, I don't know what I'm going to do, to be honest with you. I'll probably try and do a little bit of coaching, do a little bit of media, but like you're saying, wake up in the morning, you always know what you're focused to doing. You don't, haven't got a clue that the next day. Yeah. So, yeah, I've got to figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've scared you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, what do you do outside football? I see you've, uh, you've got your kids. decks there anyway. But. They're not, they're not, you know what, the funny thing is, you're looking at them, they're not mine. Oh, they, are, they, not? they are mine, but I don't use them. Oh, My right. wife uses them. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, um, yeah, there we go. You can set up your own uh, nightclub, nightclub. Mr. and Mrs. Hayes. <laughs> but, yeah, I've got my kids. My kids are playing a little bit of football as well, so they take up a lot of my time. I'm just training, really. Keep trying to keep in shape. Yeah. I was doing quite a bit of training when I wasn't at a club, doing a little bit of training myself and stuff like that, just trying to keep fit, uh, generally. Is it hard to motivate yourself when you... No, because you've, you've always been motivated. 
right. I've always been motivated to, to do it. So it's not, that, that sort of thing is not, is not hard for me. Yeah. I can always, always just get up and go in the gym, not a problem. What, what's your, in terms of club football, what, what's your career highlight? What's, I presume, was it playing for Leicester, which is your hometown, or playing for Liverpool? Playing for Liverpool. Had, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, playing for Liverpool. Because I had always said to friends and family that I'm going to do that. And my uncle supported them. And I was always with him, so I kind of followed him. Um, so, yeah, playing for them. And then that season, the 2000-2001 uh, season, to actually go and do so well that season, and it, even though it was a long, long season, we played so many games. I think it was 60-something games we played in the end. I didn't play on all, like, but, yeah, it was a long season. But to come out the end of it with what we did... It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And as far as your England career went, you like 62 caps, that's a lot. Um, Germany 5-1, presumably, and you've got the shirts yeah. up there behind you. That must have been the... I think that's the highlight. I think that's the one that everyone remembers. That's the one when I'm, when I'm out and about, everyone thanks you for. Really? Yeah, that's the one that everyone remembers. Because you got to remember, we lost the last game of the old Wembley as well. Didi Haman, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that was the game that Everyone remembers, you know, and, and to be going down 1-0 after, what was it, six minutes, there you go. <laughs> um, and we should have been down 2-0 after 10. Yeah. Um, but then to go on and, you know, get the goals we did and end up winning the game. And that was Sven's first competitive game. Right. Yeah, so it was a massive, massive game for us, you know, and it just puts everyone on a high anyway, so that was great. What, what was Sven like to play under? He, I thought he was the, great. The, there seems to be this perception that he's just, he's like, uh, one of my colleagues once described him as, a, he's like a money sponge. He just goes from job to job, get, yeah, picks the up these is, huge the contracts is, yeah, and yeah, payoffs. But. but the thing is now, you see it within the industry, as in players, and there's not one person who's got a bad word to say about him. Mm. You know, players love him. They loved what he was about. They loved uh, his training methods. They loved everything. Mm. And with England, he was great. Um, we knew what we, when we went on the pitch, even though a lot of people said he was quite negative and that, we knew that we, everyone knew their jobs. Yeah. And that's the one thing about football sometimes you go on a pitch and, and you, you feel like you, you're lost on the pitch. You're like, what, what am I supposed to be doing? Because you get so much information at times, you're just lost. But he, he made sure you knew what, just your job in particular and then, and then as a group. And do you think actually, is it sort of going on from that point, mm-hmm. did, these days in football, you know, you've opted stats, you've heat maps, you've uh, all that, you know, uh, you see coaches with their laptops and stuff. It, is, is there sort of paralysis by analysis these days? Is it getting just too, too complicated? Much, it's too much sometimes. Like I said to you before, um, when I was younger, I just went around like crazy. Yeah. But it's probably the best thing to just stand still sometimes. Mm. And a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah. Because they're running around, running around here. You can stand still and get the ball. <laughs> You don't need to do half of the running that you did. But it's just about getting to know the game a little bit more and, you, and the, the, the wiser you get, obviously, you know where to be, how to, when to be there and everything. So, If you could go back to in time and, and give 16-year-old you sort of some good advice for the, the, the road ahead in football, what, what would it be? Um, well, I suppose I'm asking, have you any regrets? I haven't. None? No. Uh, only possibly like it wouldn't be a regret. It was I was injured the cup final we played Leicester played against Spurs. I don't even know what year that was. 
um, the League Cup final. We lost it 1-0, I think it was. But I was injured. But I could, that could have been prevented if I'd have, if I'd have um, figured out what I was wrong. I just had a muscle imbalance at the time. I was injecting my back and I was doing all sorts just to get, um, to get back on the field. But if I'd have known what was wrong, I could have just prevented that and I, I believe we would have won that. Right, okay, so that, that's after, what, nearly 20-year yeah. career, that's, that's the sum total of your regrets, that's, that's uh, a nice thing to be able to say. Um, regarding playing for England, it, I mean, well, first of all, I suppose I ask, what, what did you make of the World Cup performances? Were you, were you horrified, surprised, it's, sort of, it's, it, England's all performance of in the most recent oh, World most Cup recent when they, they crashed out? Very um... Fairly surprised because I think they started well. I think they, the first game they started well, um, showed very, a lot of promise, but then kind of died a little bit in the other games. Um, I think Sterling came out with his head held high, um, storage a little bit. Defensively, I think uh, all over the place a little bit, I thought. Mm. Um, didn't help Joe Hart one bit, to be honest. Midfielder didn't really have no shape. We seem to go into games and it looks good, but then there's no pressing. Like in the Italy game, I thought they could have really... They knew who the main man was. It was Pirlo. Yeah. But no one put any pressure on him. Well, allowed him Allowed him to have as much room as he wanted to have. But it's that, just that about, was played in very... You know, yes, like you were saying yes. earlier, it's difficult. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah. Those conditions, but... Exactly. Um, and that's where you... Are you are they, are they, have they acclimatised properly? Have they done all the training properly? Who knows? Sounds like you're not a big Roy Hodgson fan, would that be I don't. I don't mind Roy. To be honest, yeah. with you, he's he's done reasonably well with what he's got. Um, he's done he's done very well. And the thing with England is it's not qualifications; it's the tournaments. Qualifications you can go for the whole qualification, yeah. and we've seen it in year, years gone by. Whole qualifications unbeaten, really flashing teams. But then when you get to the tournaments, then it's totally different. And why do you think that is? Uh, not preparation, but recovery for games. Competitive one after another after another. Don't know. When you were at major tournaments, did, did you enjoy them or was it a bit of a drag? <coughs> I enjoyed them to be honest with you. I quite like being away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I told my wife that, but yeah, yeah, I don't mind being away, being around the lads and everything. I quite liked it. I quite like them, but you do get some characters who are not really good being away from the family, being away from people too long, being away from the mates. Um, but you didn't really see it out of England tournaments. They, we had to take, we had rooms like this where you're playing, you're, you're joking, you're playing. People see people playing FIFA, playing, playing uh, uh, table tennis, playing uh, table football, and you know, just joking, have little tournaments on on FIFA. But it, but you got to remember, you've been away for six weeks sometimes. Yeah, weeks. and you're living in a hotel. You can, and you can, it can, yeah, it can drag. And was, I thought swimming was quite good because he'd, he'd allow you to go, not allow you, but as a group you'd go out. And you'd have a meal somewhere, and, and I'll probably go and do this somewhere, but all together. Mm. Um, do you think English players have too much pressure put on them by the media, and that, or is that something? That's something that you just got to deal with. It's going to be there. It's going to be regardless of what we say here. It's going to be there. So it's something you've got to deal with. Um, there's no one. No, there's no one under more pressure than Messi and Ronaldo. Yeah. And year on year, they keep getting 60, 70 goals. So, you know, and they, obviously Ronaldo didn't have the best of tournaments, but he was injured, if I'm correct. This recent one. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Well, and I think Portugal just weren't very good. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. And he, had, he was in the same team as Pepe, who got sent off. <laughs> in the first what, every game. 
Uh, who who would who's your pick of the two of them? I'd probably go with Ronaldo. Would you? Yeah, yeah I just think physique wise and and um, not ability, but just physique and everything. He, he's as tall as me, slim. He gets up higher than me. Uh, he can shoot with both feet, just equally as good. So yeah. for me, just I, I just swing towards him a little bit more. But you know, they're more or less on par, to be honest. Will you miss football when it's all over, or do you think you know? Do you ever get to a stage where, oh yeah, I've I've, I've had my career; it's been good, but I'm, I'm tired. I just want to. Um, when you say miss football, miss the playing. Because uh, yeah. I'll still be I'll still be in and around football, and I. Yeah, well, miss miss the, the getting up and going training, and miss. The, I think the that's games one of the, I think that's one of the main things that I'd miss the training and the banter with the lads and stuff like that. I think that's the the main bit I'd miss. And I know a couple of lads who, like, even though they've retired, they've still gone in and trained and just for the, like a month or so just to wean themselves off. <laughs> that's, that sounds really sad. <laughs> but, it, but it is because that's the most the, the most fun you get. I, I remember yeah. youth team as well. I can remember all the all the banter you used to have with the youth team player and, and I still get friends calling me up and, and, you know, when I see them out and we discuss it and we talk about it. Um, when you were in Australia, we were all very amused over here when we got reports of Hesky Cam, which um, was basically a camera following only you around. So it was like that, that movie with Zidane, yes, the yes, Mogwai yes, soundtrack. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know who soundtracked yours, but um, what did you make of that? First, for me, to be honest with you, but yeah. um, yeah, it's an Aussie thing, isn't it? Um, they have... I'm, I'm not sure if they... Do they have it in the rug, uh, rugby league? Do they have it in the league? I don't know. Sure. I, didn't they used to have it on Sky, where you could... Yeah, that was like... Yeah. It changed every five yeah, minutes, you, or didn't you know, it? So you could watch Craig Hignett, yeah. and only yeah, Craig yeah. Hignett for 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> this was a whole. This was a whole game. A strange one. I think it's more Fox. Um, they do all these quirky things. So I think it's more them. And then they did. Um, they did another one. That if I score, and it's like, I think it's one game. Everyone in the crowd gets a uh, free Mac- McDonald's um, milkshake. And did you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I know. Happy crowd. Um. So when you're on the Hesky cam, I presume you were aware of it. So does that make you really self-conscious? You know, it's like, I can't pick my nose, I can't no, spit, no, I can't you know what? scratch I, I, my nose. <laughs> I didn't think about it one bit. Okay, you're, right. just, you're just running around. And I'm only thinking back now when, you, when, you say, when you're saying that, what, what was I actually doing? Yeah. So, um, no, thanks.